So we are in a series uh, that we're calling Breakthrough. And uh, you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I, I don't really speak that language. What, does a break, what is a breakthrough? What does that mean? Well, Pastor Jim spoke last week on how it really means that you are, it's a military term that defines how one army would take new territory that had been occupied once by the enemy. Uh, there, the Webster's Dictionary also has some other definitions I want to share with you today. And one of those is to act, is an act or, or an instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. How many of you would say there's some things in my life today that I want to move through or I want to move around today and move on to what God has? It's also defined as a sudden advance. Uh, do you have any areas that it would be okay if God just suddenly advanced you in today? Uh, whether it be in your home, your marriage, your, your finances, your career, your education. God, I just need an advancement in my life. And what I believe today is that God is ready to take somebody to a whole nother level today. Uh, that, that, that there's things that he has in store for you that you have not really been able to understand or to see. And if he was to show you, it would blow your mind. I truly believe that this is a season for you that God's going to do some amazing things. But here's what I'm convinced of this morning, that nothing changes on the outside until something first changes on the inside of us. In other words, our mentality, how we think about life, what we think and believe about God and his power. So today, I feel like I'm on an assignment to uh, stir up your imagination to dream bigger dreams, to believe for the miracle and the breakthrough that God has in store for your life. And I believe that this miracle can happen when you learn to believe for a breakthrough. So that's the title of today's message today, Believing for a Breakthrough. And I would just dare you today just to kind of give God a moment uh, where you begin to imagine some things that he can do in you, some things he can do for you, and some things that he wants to do through your life, things that are bigger than what you're experiencing right now in this moment. Because I believe that our God is a big God today. He's a big God. But the sad reality is, is that most of us fail to really take advantage of his abundant resources and his limitless supply. Why is that? Well, we just don't know how to live by faith. We don't know how to use this imagination that God has given us. I mean, when we were kids, we used to imagine things all the time. I remember that, right? I mean, I would believe that I was MJ and the, and the clock was counting down and I nailed the game-winning shot. And, uh, you know, I got a little older, started dreaming about taking Cindy Crawford to prom. Come on, somebody. But God did. God exceeded my expectations, and he gave me someone even more beautiful sitting down here on the front row. I didn't throw that in, I didn't throw that in the first service, but I did the second, baby. I was inspired. Don't forget that. And then sometimes we imagine crazy things like I can fly. You ever, anyone ever believe that you could fly? I believed it to the point where I jumped off the second-story landing of my grand, grandparents' home. They had a second-story balcony, and I jumped. Almost died, but hey, at least I flew for about half a second, all right? It was only about half a second. And as we get older, our imagination begins to change. We're told to settle down. We're told not to dream too big because we might be disappointed. And then life starts happening, right? It's like coming at us fast. And before you know it, life isn't going the way you had hoped it would go. And you kind of settle in a setback. You kind of settle back in your disappointments and you just kind of come to the conclusion comes along and says, you are not good enough to receive God's best because of the mistakes that you've made. 
But how many of you know that God's, uh, God's ability to bless our life, his willingness to bless our life with things that are so great has nothing to do with our ability to be good, but everything uh, to do with his goodness and his love and his grace that he wants to pour out in our life because of what Jesus did at the cross. Can you say amen? So we start feeling this, man, okay, maybe there is more. But, but the thing I want you to really understand today is that even though life may have been tough, life may be painful at times, and you may not be experiencing now what you really desire to experience in life, don't retreat to your comfort zone in fear. No, today is a day where you begin to advance in faith and experience new things in your life. And I want you to imagine and dream big because our God is a big God. So how many of you are ready to experience the breakthrough out of the ordinary and into the extraordinary life that God has in store for you? Come on, let me hear you say, oh yeah, today. Turn on your Bibles Pull out your Bibles, follow along on the screens. Let's look to God's word for the answers that we're looking for. Ephesians 3.20 out of the Amplified Bible says this. Now to him who was able to do super abundantly more. How many of you know that's like next level right there? I love how the, the Amplified version says that. It says more than all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams according to... His power, everybody say his power. His power that is at work within us. This is a picture of what God wants to do in your life. He's saying whatever you can imagine, whatever you can dream up, I can top that. I can do more than you think I can do. He is the key that unlocks the door for your heart's desires and dreams. This is our God. And he wants to bless every part of your life today. Deuteronomy 30 verse 9 says this. The Lord will again take delight in prospering you, in prospering you. God wants to pour out his favor in your life. He wants you to experience the fullness of his favor. And he has an agenda when he does this. It's not just to bless you so you could be cute and you could have all the things that you're believing for. It's not that. He has an agenda as he blesses you. Number one, God wants to grow his kingdom. That's the only thing on God's agenda. And he wants to grow your heart. He wants to influence, he wants to expand his influence by expanding your life. In other words, that when people look at you and the influence that you bring, the godly momentum and kingdom influence that you carry about how good your God is, they see, man, there's something happening in this person's life. It's a good thing. And then we give God all the credit. So God starts getting glory when your life is fruitful, when your life is blessed, when your life is experiencing progress, not living cemented in your, in your pain. How does this happen? Matthew 9, 29. Jesus said this, according to your faith. Everybody say faith. He says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Jesus was addressing two blind men that were calling out to him, asking for healing. And he said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Notice it didn't say according to your good works. According to your ability to get it all together. According to your, you know, desire to be this great person. No, no, no. He said, according to your faith or your ability to believe in me, let it be done unto you. What does that mean for us? It means that you and I get to choose how much God blesses our life. According unto you. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. You see, the word faith and the word believe is used 485 times in the New Testament. You see, everything that God does in our lives happens by his grace and through our faith. 
by our ability to believe. And that is an inner picture, if you will, of what you can begin to see in your heart, what God wants to do in your life, what he can do. God made us to be visual creatures, right? I mean, that's why he gave you an imagination, which is to strengthen your faith. And you may never have heard a sermon, a message, a, a preacher talking about your imagination in the way I'm going to today. But your imagination is a gift from God. An imagination can be defined as the faculty or action of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. In other words, you don't see it right here in front of you. You can't touch it, but in your mind, you can see what it looks like. In your mind, you can imagine being there. In your mind, it's like this is, this is the picture that God is drawing of the future that he has in store for me. And here's the thing that, we, that we've got to know. We can approach life in two different ways. We can approach life by our faith or we can approach life, life by being bound by fear. Now you say, Josh, when you have faith, you have no fear. I wouldn't say that. I would say that even in the, in the midst of fear, faith calls you to advance. Like, okay, I see that there's some things I'm not sure about, some things I'm a little uneasy about, but I'm not going to stay here. I'm moving forward in faith because I believe God and what he can do in our life. So how is your imagination being controlled? Is it being controlled by faith or is it being controlled by fear. So there's a couple ways you can live your life. The first thing, you could be a pessimist. You know anybody that's a little negative? Anybody got a Debbie Downer in, the, in their life? You know, somebody that's always negative. It's like the Eeyore of the bunch, all right? It's like somebody that's always, I mean, they are convinced that bad things are coming their way. You ever had a mole on your back and your mom points it out like, mm, honey, you might just want to get that checked out. So you go online and you start searching out and you are convinced that you have leprosy in about 30 minutes, right? Like, I'm dying. I'm dying. Or you get a, a stomachache and then, you know, your mom's like, oh, honey, it could be the Ebola. And, and you look online and you're like, I'm, I got about 24 hours to live. You forgot that you had a deep fried burrito that you bought at the gas station for lunch. Oh, you need a little Pepto-Bismol. Come on, somebody. We can imagine these things. I heard about this lady that went and did some grocery shopping on a hot summer day. And uh, she got her groceries. She put them in the back seat of the car. And then she had a few more errands to run. And, and it was hot outside, so the temp started rising. And it took her a little bit longer than she thought it would take her. And she, when she gets back into her car, she, 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 tur she turns the car on. And all of a sudden, she hears this incredibly loud pop. And something hits her forcefully in the back of the head. And she reaches back and she feels what she thinks are her brains coming out of her head. So she's sitting here with her hands behind her head for over an hour. And a man comes up and can tell something's wrong. This lady's wigging out. And he goes, ma'am, roll down the window. She goes, I can't. I'm holding my brains in. So he calls 911. Here come the firefighters. And they break open the window. And they reveal to her that what she thought were her brains were only a can of biscuits that had exploded in the back seat behind her. But before you laugh at this poor lady, there are so many times in our lives where we imagine that the worst possible scenario is going to play out, and it hadn't even happened. And it probably won't even happen. But in our minds, we are doomed. We have painted this picture that, that fear has brought into our mind's eye and says, it's never going to happen for you. It's never going to work out. This is going to end in a sad way again and again and again. And like Job, we make this statement in our heart. Everything I fear and dread comes true. Everything I fear and dread comes true. Do you know anyone negative like that? Don't point. 
Maybe you need to be pointing at yourself. We can all be this way from time to time. Don't say, man, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. If something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Our thoughts are powerful. What's going on in our mind is so very important. Remember, Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Let it be done unto you. So you can be a pessimist or you could be an optimist. And an optimist says, yeah, I'm not ignoring the facts around me. Things may not be going as I hoped they would go. But in the midst of this bad situation, I believe that God is good. And I believe that somehow he's going to work this out for my good because that's what his word promises me. But if I would stay called according to his purpose, he's going to work it all out for my good. And somebody needs to know today that even though you may not like what's here on the stage as far as your life stage, God is at work behind the scenes. And he's beginning to turn some things around in your favor if you'll stay faithful to him. Do you believe that today? I love what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 1 verse 20. He says, I live in eager expectation while I'm going through all these trials. In other words, I'm going through a painful situation. There's a, there's a difficult moment that I'm facing right now. And there's things around me that I don't like. But in the midst of it, I live with an expectation, an eager expectation that God is at work. That God is going to do something that I cannot do for myself. In Proverbs 4.23, I'm giving you some uh, scripture today. It says, be careful how you think, for your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your imagination is shaping your life today. What you think about, how you're focused, what you're focused on is shaping your very life. And you may be sitting there and you're saying, Josh, yeah, but I tried that before and it failed. I tried for like a week. And, uh, and, and nothing changed by the next week. There is no magic wand here. There is nothing that I can give you an exact timing. All I know is that God is faithful to his word. And that he will perform that which you are desiring of him in prayer. You may be saying, I've tried it before and it didn't work. Or you may be sitting here and you're saying, Josh, my entire family has never, no one has experienced the kind of success that you're describing today. Why do you think that my life can be any different? And we start believing these lies that the enemy throws into our heart. We start limiting God and what he can do in our lives. Why? Because we don't think that we can handle what he wants to give us. I'm reminded of the little boy's out fishing. He caught this massive fish and he threw it back. And the old man walked up to him and said, why? He said, man, congratulations on the catch. But why did you throw it back? He said, mister, that fish was this big and my frying pan's only this wide. <laughs> and we do that in our life. God, I don't know if I can handle your blessing. God, I don't know if I deserve it. God, I don't know if I'm good enough. Friends, it's time to start thinking and imagining new and higher thoughts. God has higher thoughts in mind for you. I know life has been hard. I know some of you have been through hell and back, but I'm telling you, you're going to come out of it, and you're going to come out of it refined and stronger than you've ever been before. Can somebody say, yeah. Come on, somebody say no limits today. The second thing about your imagination, it's the key to living by faith. The scripture tells us that it pleases God when we live by faith. But what is faith? You know, sometimes that can be defined in so many different ways. You know, it may be one thing to one person and another thing to another. But, and some would say that faith, I think they say it incorrectly, that faith is simply what you believe 
or, or that it's just your doctrine or your dogma that you have, you know, you have rehearsed or that you know the rules, the regulations, the religion. Somebody kind of, they kind of put that, sometimes we put it all in that same, in that same heat. But here's what the Hebrews 11.1 1 says. It says, what is faith? Gives us the answer. It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. What, am I, what is this? Faith believes what God says about your life rather than what your circumstances are telling you. Did you catch that? That faith believes what God can do more so than what you can make happen for yourself. Faith sees the reward in spite of the difficulty. In spite of it. In Ephesians 1 verse 18, Paul prayed this prayer about to, uh, he was praying for a group of people he loved dearly. He was their pastor. And he said, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future he has called you to share. He said, I pray that, your, that the that light would come, your heart would begin to see what God has in store for you. You say, well, Josh, I thought I only had one set of eyes. No, the Bible says we have two sets of eyes. We've got the eyes that we have right here in our head, some brown, some blue, some green. But he's talking about a different set of eyes altogether. He's talking about the eyes of your heart, that, that God will begin to speak to you and show you things that you've never seen before. And it comes from a different set of eyes. I think these are the kind of eyes that a guy named Abraham had to use. There's a man in the Bible, his name is Abraham. And uh, he was Old Testament, early in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, you'll read about him. Abraham's known as the father of faith. When Abraham was getting older, God came to him, he and his wife Sarah, they had no children. And he said, Abraham, I'm asking you to leave your hometown, and I'm going to take you to a place that I'll show you when we get there. How many of you love it when God gives you those kind of directions? You're like, well, where are we going? Oh, I'll just show you when we get there. Just start. God's just looking for somebody to get started today. Someone to take a step of faith. And that word Abraham, remember they had no children. The word Abraham means father of many nations. So isn't that ironic that God would give a man a new identity and a new name, although everything in the natural said that this is impossible. He's getting older. And when his wife uh, Sarah heard about it, she kind of laughed. Why? Because brother's getting older. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I don't know everything's working still. I don't know. We were trying to have kids. How is this going to happen? I mean, could you imagine being Abraham and going to the restaurant and saying, hello, my name's Abraham, father of many nations, uh, table for two, please. All right? He would be ridiculed by people around him. Sometimes when God calls you to step out in faith because he has something new for you, don't be surprised that people around you start hating. People start thinking you're crazy. Who do you think you are? And who do you, and you say, no, no, it ain't about who I think I am. It's what God says about me. That's what I'm believing today. God's got good things. So here he is, and he's supposed to be a father of many nations. He has no children of his own. And God one night did something with Abraham that I love. And it goes right in line with what we're talking about today. He said, Abraham, I know you're doubting. I know you're having a difficult time trying to understand who I've called you to be and what I have in store for you. He says, so come outside. Took him outside of his tent, and he said, look up at these stars. And Abraham looked up, and he said, so shall your descendants be. God was giving Abraham a picture 
something that he could see, not just with his natural eyes, but with his spiritual eyes on the inside of him that says, I'm going to make something happen for you that you can never make happen for yourself. And today I believe that God's saying to somebody, listen, come out of where you are right now. Get your head up. Start looking up. You see what I can do in your life if you'll just trust me. And Abraham became that father of many nations because he did trust God. He believed God in spite of what he saw. Is there anybody in the house this morning that would dare to believe in God's power to do things for you that you've been wanting to make happen for yourself and have it? I'm telling you, God's going to make it happen. Amen, everybody? God's going to make it happen. Our job is to believe. Our job is to stay close to him. The third thing about your imagination is that it can maximize your life. It can maximize your life. Now, we went to Marble Slab recently, and uh, I like Marble Slab. I like ice cream. Come on, somebody. It's going to be in heaven. I'm just telling you. That Marble Slab and Bluebell are going to be in heaven. And, uh, and, and you know when you order like the two scoops? How I many you know sometimes that brother on the other side of the counter don't really understand how big two scoops really is? Like, bro, it's like a scoop and a half. I'm paying like $20 for this ice cream. My first credit card got declined. I'm having to use my second one. You better give me my scoops. Come on. And we, hey, how about Chick-fil-A? Anybody like Chick-fil-A? You go down there. All my illustrations have something to do with food, so I'm sorry about that. I don't know why that is. Maybe because it's close to lunchtime. And, and you go into Chick-fil-A, you order a 12-count, some of that Jesus chicken, those Jesus nuggets. They better not put 11 in there. Come on, somebody. You will go. You will get really, ooh, you will have to repent later. Like, sister, I say this in love, but you better give me my nuggets. Might as well go ahead and give me 13. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, ooh, I got more. Let me give you another example. I've used this before. Maybe you've heard it when I was here last summer, but I, I love one of the joys of my life. I really get excited about this, y'all, is every Sunday night I load up my family and we go to Whataburger. And it's just like, I feel the presence of Jesus. And they know me by name, like, hey, what's up, Pastor Josh? I'm like, what's up, my children? What's up? I go up there, give me that double meat, double cheese, number two, no onions, no tomatoes. And then they ask me a question, and I, at this point, it's just a dumb question. They ask me, do you want to water size that? I'm like, oh, yeah. Who doesn't water size? You know, you get that extra fry. You know, that fries, they come out. They're, they're like, when they come to the table, they're in that box, you know, and they're like just reaching up to G. I mean, that's just. Now, my kids, you know, hey, if you won't get normal size, that's fine. Don't be reaching over here grabbing some of my fries. You go ahead with your normal order, your average order. I got the water size, everybody. Can, we tell you, can, can I tell you something today? God wants to water size your life. He wants to do more. He wants to do something greater. He wants to do something bigger. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without this kind of faith, it's impossible to please him. When you dream big dreams, it honors God. Small dreams dishonor God because if you could handle everything that you've created and you could do it in your own strength, there is no need for faith. If you knew the destination and you had all the steps planned out, there is no need for faith. But faith calls you to step out into the uncertainty. He says that without this faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Is what? Is God. And that he is a rewarder. 
Come on, somebody. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. God is not simply a taskmaster that you are trying to please. Religion teaches us and trains us to believe that all our mission in life is just to be perfect and get it all together and become a better person. Listen, I don't obey God because I have to. I obey God because I get to because he's good to me. His goodness leads me to repentance. His goodness, his ability to reward my life makes me want to love him with everything that I have. And I dream big, not because I'm great, but because my God is great. You're looking at a guy that, man, wasn't anything special in school. I was a class clown. Uh, they, I had the grades to get into the Junior Honor Society, but they said, no, you're too crazy. Honest truth. I was cutting up in class. I was, th- I was not the, the best person in school. I was raised in a trailer. I, I, no, I mean, nothing great about my life. And when God called us to start a church, you know, in my mind, I began to think, oh, that can never happen. Who's going to come listen to me? And he called me to go back to my hometown at that. Like, people know how crazy I was there. (laughs) Ain't nobody going to come. I told Kara the night before we launched the church, I was like, baby, I'm so sorry I did this to us. I said, I'm going to get a job at Walmart stocking at night. I was for real. And the enemy was playing things out in my mind. But you know what? Day one came. We had 603 people show up to our very first service. Our church has grown not because I'm great, but because God is great. I'm never going to stop dreaming big. I'm always going to say God can do more with my life than I think he can do with my life. Because that's the kind of God that he is. In Psalm 78, 41, it says they limited the Holy One of Israel. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the children of Israel that were taken out of Egypt. You know, they, had, they were in bondage to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Oh, y'all remember that? Let my people go. Mm. If, you, if you don't know about that, you weren't in that youth group back in the 90s. Tell me, some of you are here for the first time. Like, hey, listen, if you don't like today, come back next week. The real pastor's going to be here, all right? It's going to be way better. It's going to be way better. Don't get mad at me. Just pray for me, all right? And, they, and, and it says that they limited God, and they wouldn't allow him to give them his blessings. Can you believe that? God had taken them out of Egypt supernaturally. They didn't have to fight a war. God just let them out. And then as they were leaving, all the Egyptians started giving them their silver and gold. Like, here, take take my jewelry. And God's people walking out. They're walking out bawling. They're like, shoot, you know. And then they get to this big body of water, the Red Sea. And they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? God said, hey, watch this. Walk across on dry land, over a million people. Here comes Pharaoh. Waves crash on top of him. God's taken him to this place called the Promised Land. Could have been, they say, scholars say it could have taken 13 to 14 days to go from where they were to the Promised Land. They sent spies over and said, what's in this land? What's out there? And, And 10 of the 12 came back and said, can't do it. Them brothers are big. They've been working out. They've been doing CrossFit. There ain't no way we're going to be able to handle them. Can't do it. They had forgotten about the God that had just taken them out. They had forgotten about all the, where'd they get all this gold and this resources? God had given that to them supernaturally. Manna was coming down from heaven. It's like this stuff is like, what is it? It's like, it's like I don't know. It, looked like, it tastes like Krispy Kreme, though. It was sweet, the Bible said, and I ate it every morning. And, and God was providing but they couldn't believe that he could do more than that. They were satisfied with that. And you know what? Because of their disbelief, they wandered around in the same spot for 40 years. 
Listen, God's trying to get somebody out of just wandering around. He's saying, listen, if I've given you my son, how much more shall I freely give you everything that you need in life so that you can be a glory, you can be a testimony of my goodness in this earth. So let the size of your God determine the size of your goals. Amen, everybody? I mean, if you're single in here today, don't just be trying to settle for anybody. i just trying to give me a man. And the longer you wait, the less you expect. Well, at least if he has all his teeth, some of his teeth. And you're filling out your FarmersOnly.com account. And you like, at least some of his teeth. At least one good eye. Come on, somebody. If you're married, don't just settle for an average marriage. Settle for, man, believe for a passionate marriage. Like, I'm believing that we're going to be so passionately in love, we can't keep our hands off of each other. Some ladies in here said, he hadn't been like that in a long time. You get ready, girl. It's coming. <laughs> Just believe and receive it. Come on, fellas. I'm trying to help somebody out. Hey. Don't just dream that you can hope you can get a business up and hopefully make this. No, 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 don't believe like that. Believe that you'll have more than enough so that you can not only take care of your business, but you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God by tithing and giving. You can be a blessing to other people. Don't just pay your house off. Pay God's house off. Pay your mama's house off. So could God do that with me? With God, all things are possible. Amen, everybody? So what do we do to get this kind of faith? The first thing, you got to deny your doubts. i got to move quickly. What you focus on the longest will get your energy. Don't allow doubt to control your mind. Doubt will paint a picture that doesn't exist. If you come to our house and we're watching TV, maybe we're watching Netflix, maybe this has happened to you, and every now and then something will come on the screen and we have to yell at our kids that are sitting in there with us, and we tell them what? Cover your eyes! And you're trying to change the channel, but the remote never works. You're pointing it the wrong way. You're turning it up, you know. You're like, I'm trying to turn this off. Kids are more scarred by our reaction than what they actually saw on the screen. Like, for the love of God. What, mama? What do I, where do I put my eyes? You don't want them to see that. You don't want them to get a picture of something that, that sticks with them, right? You don't want them thinking about that. Somebody needs to know that in life there's different channels that we need to be watching and there's channels that we shouldn't. And I'm not talking about on your TV. I'm talking about in your mind. Change the channel. Second Corinthians says that we ought to cast down every imagination or argument, high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bring that into under, captiv under captivity to Christ. Bring that thought. What does that mean? That when the enemy comes in and tries to say, you ain't going to make it. Nobody loves you. No, no, your, your marriage is going to fall apart. Your kids are never going to get right. Your business, you're going under. You're going to file bankruptcy. You're going to be living in a van down by the river. And you believe all these things. Don't listen. What you do at that moment, change the channel. No, my God said he shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. No, my, my God says he's my healer, and this sickness will not end in death. No, I'm starting to believe something different. I'm changing the channel. Mark 9, Jesus spoke to a man that was having a very painful situation. His son was possessed by an evil spirit. I mean, I can't imagine the pain that this father was going through. And he came to Jesus like we do sometimes when we go through painful experiences. And some of you have gone through those things that are painful, that have hurt, that were unexpected, that you couldn't control. And he came to Jesus and makes this statement. He said, please heal my son if you can. My God, if you can do something, please would you do it? And Jesus replied, what do you mean if I can? 
Anything is possible if a person believes. And then the father said what you and I say. And I've caught myself here many times. He says, oh, but he said, I do believe, but help me not to doubt. Like, God, I want to believe you. But help me not to doubt. How many of you know that God is good even if we have a little bit of doubt? And even if we have just a little bit of faith, he'll take what little bit of faith we have and he'll do something great. Jesus healed that man's son, not because that man had the principles of faith perfectly memorized and was executing them at the highest level. Even with a little bit of doubt, Jesus can show up in your life and he can do a miracle that you've been believing for your whole life to make happen. Amen? That's what he wants to do. So deny your doubts. The second thing, eliminate excuses. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on to step into what God has called you to? Your past doesn't have to disqualify you. Your race, your socioeconomic level does not have to disqualify you from God's blessing. Who your parents are or who they're not doesn't have to disqualify you. You are a child of the Most High God. Eliminate the excuses. Begin to step forward in faith. I think about this this thing that you see from time to time. You see an elephant chained to a little stake in the ground. Have you ever seen something like that? i got a picture here on the screen. You say, Josh, how would I, why didn't you just break free from that? Well, as a, as, a, as a baby elephant, he couldn't get free. And it was something that was so, it's, it's so tough, he couldn't get free. It was too strong for him. But he lives his whole life believing that he can't get free. All the while, he has all the strength he needs to snap that in an instant. Some of you have been through some things in your childhood. Some of you have been through some things in your past. And you, are conv- you have convinced yourself that I can never change. I can never get free. I can never step forward into the future that God has for me. I pray that somehow during this message, God is reminding you of who you are. The power that he's placed on the inside of you. His ability to set you free from every bit of that pain of your past. So that you can step forward into the future that he has in store for you today. Don't live life chained. Don't live life in bondage. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 12. He says, my grace is all you need. He says, my power works best in weakness. You may feel weak today. That's where God's power is the best. You may feel like I don't have much strength to believe. That's where God's grace is the, is the best. It's the strongest in your life. And, and, and the third thing I'd encourage you to do today is to begin to fuel your faith. How do we practically do that? We talk about the first 15 in our church. Maybe you do that as well here. Give God 15 minutes a day in his word. The scriptures say that when we hear the word of God, then we begin to have faith come to us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why it's so important to be in a church like this one. That's not teaching the ideas of man, but it's teaching you the word of God. Why? Because your faith gets stronger every week when you come. The more faithful you are to come to God's house, the more faith you'll have in your heart to believe for what God has in store for you. Not just so you can be blessed, and that's good, but so that you might be a blessing to other people. So 15 minutes, five minutes in prayer, five minutes in the word, five minutes singing a worship song unto God. You're ready for your day. Your faith's getting stronger. We talk about small groups a lot around here. Why? Because when you're around the right people, how many of you know the quality of your friends determine the quality of your life? You get around the right people. And not just people that are, you know, fun, you know, you go to the club with or this or that. You're sitting around drinking Natty Light in somebody's garage. I'm talking about uh, kind of friends that look at you when you're going through a difficult time and say, hey, man, I'm praying for you. And this ain't going to be the end of the story. God's got something better in store. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's like you start growing. It's like you start standing up on the inside. 
What's that's faith. As a pastor, I need that. That's why I'm friends with Pastor Jim. That's why I have other pastor friends. We need, I know you think that pastors, when you wake up, angels dress us. And when you drive, all the, God makes all the red lights turn green. Come on, people. Cops don't pull us over. <laughs> when we speed, or I'm not saying that, that happened. But anyway, moving along. I need that. We need that. We need to, be, we need to fuel our faith. We got to keep our faith strong. But here's what it all comes back to. It all comes back, all, everything I'm talking about today, it all goes back to Jesus. Whether or not we believe he is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do in our lives. Hebrews 12 says that we look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our what? Of our faith. So my ability to believe in in God's son, Jesus, who came to this earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sin, every sin I would ever commit and every sin I would commit in my future or my past, the sin of the world. And on the third day, he came back to life because the grave couldn't hold his body down. And when I believe in this Jesus and I believe in, in, in who he is and what he's done for me, the scriptures declare that, man, it's like I become a new creature on the inside. God forgives all of my sin. My past, it's like it never happened in God's eyes. My sin is removed from me as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against me anymore. Friends, I don't know what you've done, but here's what I am convinced of. There's not one thing you could have ever done that would cause God to stop loving you. And I'm also convinced there's not one thing you can do that would cause God to love you more. He proved his love for us on that cross 2,000 years ago. And if I can believe that Jesus can forgive me of my sins, then I can believe Jesus can do anything. He can do anything in my life. And God, I, God, I want you to do something in my life. Today you may be praying that, but you've never, you've never even started this relationship that I'm talking about today. You never started it. I'm not talking about joining a church or embracing religion. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus. And maybe today, this would be your day where you open up the door of your heart. Because Jesus is standing there knocking like this, the scriptures say in the book of Revelation. He stands at every, at the heart's door of every man. And he's, and he's knocking. And he said, would you let me come in? And I know what you're thinking. When a guest comes to my house, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I got to clean up first. Jesus, and I want you to see what's been going on in here. Jesus has x-ray vision. He'd already seen what's going on. And you know what he does? He comes in with his love, his bucket of grace, his mercy, his strength. And he said, I'm the only one that can help you clean this up and turn your life into something beautiful. Amen, everybody. So how about it? Will you say yes to Jesus today? Some of you, you've, you've prayed this prayer before, but you feel in your heart today that your life has drifted from God. And today, I would ask that you would consider recommitting your life to Christ. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to make you stand or come to the front. In just a moment, I want to ask you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? But everyone just stay still for just a moment, and we'll be done in just a moment. But if you're here and you say, Josh, I need to pray that prayer. I need Jesus Christ in my life. 
I want to know that I'm forgiven. I want to know that I have peace with God, that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. If you're here today and that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to pray for you. But if you're that one that was like me, that accepted Jesus and prayed that prayer, but your life drifted and you had to come back and recommit, today I want to pray for you as well. So if you're in either one of those groups of people, would you give me the privilege and honor of leading you in a simple prayer? by simply raising your hand up on the count of three so I know who I'm praying for today. You say, Josh, include me in that prayer. Would you lift your hand up high on the count of three? One, two, three, all over this place. Just lift it up real high, real high. Say, Josh, pray for me. I don't want to leave this, this place the way that I came in. Hands going up all over this room. Who else? Josh, pray for me. I don't want to go home with this guilt and shame. I want to know I'm forgiven. I want to begin this relationship with Jesus. Amen. Now, if you would put your hand on your heart, if you raise your hand. and Church family, let's all pray with those that raised their hand today. Can we do that? Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your son, Jesus, that you sent to this earth to die for me. Jesus Christ, come into my life. I'm a sinner. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe you rose again. And today... I accept a new life in you. I want you in control. And I thank you that you loved me, you chose me to be a part of your family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. God bless you guys. 